Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. This week, we continue our conversation about what experiencing God's generosity is all about. Today, our focus is this, you know, like... Like a parent giving their children money so they can experience buying someone a present, God gives us gifts so we can experience generosity by experiencing being generous. We not only experience generosity from God as recipients, we experience generosity as God allows us to be in on the giving. And so we become channels through which God pours resources to meet the needs of others. And when we give generously, we will never lack anything. The more we give, the more we get. Our generosity not only gives God thanks, it honors Him and shows we trust Him. When we give, we truly get so much more of what we wanted in the first place. And that is going to be our focus today as we have this conversation with Jesus. I hope you're excited because today we have a whole podcast in front of us about the topic we all love talking about, money. Now, obviously, I'll never know how you reacted to that because it's a podcast and I can't see you, but if you gave me some nervous chuckles, I really appreciate that. And maybe maybe there's a little bit of sarcasm in what I said too because it's a pretty well-established fact that Americans... We don't like talking about money. I read an article from The Atlantic this last week that talked in detail about this taboo we have with money talk. And research has found that as a culture, we would rather talk about things like marriage problems, mental health struggles, addiction, race, sex, and yes, even politics. We'd rather talk about any of those things than money. Now, of course, there are a ton of theories trying to explain why in our culture asking someone how much do you make is so offensive, but there's one that rises to the top. It's this idea that you're my value as human beings is somehow made material in our pay and our net worth. In other words, our worth is found in what we own. And even though we feel awkward about engaging the topic of money, our infinitely generous God doesn't hesitate to enter the awkwardness. In fact, there are roughly 2,350 Bible passages that talk about money. And nearly 15% of everything Jesus spoke related to money and possessions. Why does God spill so much ink and speak so many words about money? He does so because he knows the value confusion we often have as sinner saints. He wants us to see that our worth is not in what we own. God wants to turn the conversation about money on edge. Can you imagine a lifestyle where we're excited to talk about the gifts the Lord has given to us and how we can experience the otherworldly gift of the grace-motivated, generous Christian life? That's the lifestyle Paul was so eager to share with the Corinthian Christians. 
So when Paul first started their church, their motivation for giving was sky high. They were one of the first churches wanting to give to the poor Christians in Jerusalem. And their hearts were on fire to share the generosity of God that they had experienced. But as time went on, that fire grew dim. They began to see Paul as inferior to some Christian-like motivational speakers who talked about how true Christians are destined to be wealthy and influential and powerful, which was a far different message than the Christian life Paul had taught them, a life defined by selfless giving, taking up the cross, following Jesus, a life focused on God's generous gifts, seen especially through weakness. The idea of giving to poor Christians seemed like a loss and not a gain. In their culture especially, it was assumed that giving to the poor was pointless, since the only repayment that could be received was praise, which was seen as worthless. And this is what made the Bible and the Christian faith so counter-cultural. But for the Corinthians, a super wealthy culture, such giving felt like nothing but a loss. Being honest with you, and I think you would agree, often giving feels that way to us too. Feels more like a loss than a gain. Now, whether it's when the offering plate comes around a church, or when you see someone in need, and you see your checking account number drop, we so often experience sadness. Grieving over what Satan and our sinful nature try to convince us is a loss. I mean, that's what Paul is getting at when he writes here in 2 Corinthians 9, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly. You know, why do we experience this form of reluctancy or grief instead of experiencing the generous grace of God who in love has given us the opportunity to give? It's so often because we feel like we won't receive something in return. We feel like in a way we're losing some of our value. We feel like the Corinthians did, that such giving results in loss. But the Corinthians show us a different struggle too. You know, sometimes the loss doesn't result in sadness, but sometimes that loss actually leads to bitterness. You know, another giving stalling tactic Satan loves to use is pressure pack giving. Or as Paul puts it, giving under compulsion. Such compulsive giving happens when we think, uh, I guess I'll give an offering because I don't know how else our church can survive. Or I don't help if I don't help that family member or friend, I'll feel bad or they'll be disappointed in me. We forget that all we have is God's alone. We put this pressure on ourselves that without our money, the church can't march on or that person or people will continue to struggle. It's in this sadness and pressure to give that the forces of evil begin to show their hand. See, whether we feel reluctant to give or under pressure to give, both reflect what Satan wants more than anything. A distrust in God, first and foremost. In both giving scenarios, we're communicating, God, I'm not sure you'll be able to take care of me. It's the trust issue you and I in our sin struggle with. Wealth is material. We can see the dollar bills, the coins, the checks, the statements, the bank app. When we give, we have no idea if or when our giving will be replenished. And so Satan takes that and he tries to persuade us that by white-knuckle gripping our wealth, however much that may be, we have a guaranteed source of security. But like we heard last week and studied in our connect groups this week, Paul in 1, Corinthians, or 1 Timothy 6 says the truth point blank. Hope in money is the epitome of uncertainty. 
See, Satan wants to clam up our talking about money and giving and God's generous grace, but the reality is Satan can't clam up God or his word. What God tells us about why we have money is indescribably amazing. So as we reflect on, on our often reluctant or pressure-induced giving, we can't help but repent and see that often we have sowed sparingly. But here we experience the generosity of God's forgiveness. And like we heard from 2 Corinthians 8, despite our spiritual poverty, Jesus chose to become poor so that we, through his poverty, would become rich. Rich not in fading and temporary things like money, but rich in value. Your worth has nothing to do with what you own. It has everything to do with the Son of God who considers you so valuable in his eyes that he gave his life. So you can never forget how much he loves you. It's knowing where our value truly lies. We begin to understand the amazing gift God gives us in being cheerful givers. See, by faith we know the infinite level of grace God has given to us and it fills us with joy and excitement to give. We know what God's word says is true. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and in your generosity it will result in thanksgiving to God. Are you starting to see why the opportunity to give is a God-given gift? We have the guaranteed promise of God that he will provide for our needs. And even though God doesn't need our wealth or abilities or time, in his love he opens doors for us to give what he's given us and to lead others to see the deep compassion and love of our God. Because we know the value God places in us, we have the amazing gift of being able to, being able to through our wealth, show the value God places in others too. And how can this not give us the cheerfulness to give? We have nothing to lose. This cheerfulness comes completely out of a free heart of faith that's beyond excited to see what the Lord will do with the gift. And so we have no pressure to give. The beautiful truth is this. God chose to give us the gift of giving. He could have chosen to do everything without of our, any of our participation, but instead, he chose to let us experience the joy-filled Christian life of generosity. A life that began because Jesus chose to give up literally everything so you could experience the wealthiest life ever, knowing how deep your worth is to God. Because Jesus bought you back from Satan, sin, and death, you see how deep your wealth is? You have heaven. Heaven where you won't need to pay for antidepressants or hospital bills or house repairs, but instead you'll experience the infinite wealth of being in the presence of God and experiencing pure joy. You'll get to throw your head back and laugh with Jesus every single day, living the most cheerful life ever imagined. The money you have or don't have doesn't define you. It's not the measure of your value. Your value has been determined by the precious blood of the Son of God who gave his life for you to give you the greatest family and home ever known. You have experienced God's generosity, which is far greater than gold, and now you have the freedom to live in his kingdom and so generously because we have experienced the infinity of God's generosity, our purses, wallets, and Apple Pay cannot help but be opened up and become a deep source of joy. How so? Because we know our worth is not in what we own. We know who has given us our worth, our gracious God. We see everything we own from money to abilities to time as gifts our God has given to us. Nothing we have belongs to us. It all belongs to him. And we trust that what God's word says is true. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food 
will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, this isn't an inspired investment strategy saying if you give all you have materially, that God will bless you with even more material wealth. This isn't prosperity gospel. This is so much better. This is gospel-motivated thanks living. See, we as Christians, we know that God will provide for our needs. He gives us opportunities to give toward the life-changing, eternal wealth-giving mission of his church, and we thank him for that gift. We give because we have received the indescribable gift of God's grace. So what's our goal in giving? Well, Paul tells us this service you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Through our generosity, we get to lead others to sit back and have their breath taken away by our amazing God. I mean, just think about the number of prayers and praises given to God all over the world, whether we know it or not. As Christians thank Jesus, he has moved our congregation to give more than 10% of our offerings to support mission churches in the U.S. and throughout the world. Last year, we gave $36,000 in those gospel-spreading efforts. That good news is spread as missionaries talk about Jesus as wells are made in Africa and as food is given in Thailand That's amazing. And through your giving, you are a part of that life-changing gospel story too. Because here's the thing, you have a guaranteed return on your giving. You have the smiling face of your heavenly father who takes pride in you as his cheerfully giving child. You and I get to sit down and look at our budgets. And before we do anything else, we get to set aside the best of the best to give to God. Why? Because we know the eternal impact such gifts can make. The impact of seeing the faces of people in heaven wouldn't be there if not for grace-motivated Christians who gave their time, ability, and wealth so more and more could experience the infinite self-giving love of Jesus. Now forget cultural taboos. Let's turn the conversation about money on edge. With laughter and joy, let's live our lives of faith empowered by the Spirit, never hesitating to show that God is truly who we trust. He has given us this grace of giving, the gift of living a generous Christian life, and the opportunity to join him on his mission to bring his family home. Talk about an indescribable gift. Amen. Thank you so much for engaging with me in this conversation about God's generosity. I can't wait to hear, maybe, um, about all the things that God is doing in your life, showing his generous grace and using you to give his grace to others too. God be with you as you live for him.